I'm just going to actually ask Brenda if she can just come and read uh, the scripture for today in Exodus chapter 33, reading from 1 to 11. To Moses, leave this place, you and the people you brought up out of Egypt, and go up to the land I promised on earth to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, saying, I will give it to your descendants. I will send an angel before you and drive out the Canaanites, Amorites, Hittites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. But I will not go with you, because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. When the people heard these distressing words, they began to mourn, and no one put on any ornaments. For the Lord had said to Moses, Tell the Israelites, You are a stiff-necked people. If I were to go with you, even for a moment, I might destroy you. Now take off your ornaments, and I will decide what to do with you. So, is, so the Israelites stripped off their ornaments at Mount Horeb. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent... All the people rose and stood at the entrances to their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance, while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young aide, Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Thank you, Brenda. So just a, a little bit of context to that story. Uh, Exodus, we, we hopefully know the story well. We have the Israelites in slavery, and Moses is called to deliver them from Israel. And uh, they go through the Red Sea. Uh, just a quick glimpse of what happens. And uh, the miracle that happened, the miracle of uh, the, Egypt, the, the Red Sea opening, the Egyptian, the Israelites walking through the Red Sea, the Egyptian army getting killed, uh, wiped out. We see God. We see God at work. And uh, then they're in the desert and Moses goes up to the mountain to to commune with God, to talk to God, and get the kind of the Ten Commandments. And uh, uh, what happens is in that time, they think Moses is not coming back. And uh, they build a golden calf. They build an idol. And uh, in chapter 32, it says, You have sinned a great sin. That's what uh, God said about the people of Israel, that they had sinned a great sin. And so chapter 33 starts off there. And, and my, my topic for today is still on prayer. We're still on prayer. I'm not losing this thing called prayer. And prayer is more than words. It's actually a, a dwelling. It's where we dwell. It's we, we dwell in prayer. And hopefully it will unfold as I preach. Last week I looked at we are called 
to pray without ceasing. And that's quite a tall order. How can I pray without ceasing when I'm busy, when I'm uh, building houses, when I'm teaching people, when I'm doing accounting or, or whatever you're doing, or just looking after children. That's probably of all the hardest jobs we have. Uh, I take my hat off to all the mothers here, all the mothers who've looked after little kids. It's a, it's a huge task. It's a never-ending task. It's a 24-7, uh, 365 days a year. You don't get a break from doing that. Bless you, Pumi, and Zoe on the floor. Look at that, eh? And so we call to pray without ceasing. I was with Trevor Wood during the week, and I said that's what I had preached on the weekend. And, and this is what he said about praying without ceasing. He said, praying without ceasing is being present to the presence of God. It's not just being aware that there's a presence, but it is being personally present in the presence. There's a lot of presence and personally and a lot of peas in that thing, but it's the presence of God. The presence of God is with you and I. We need to be aware of that presence. We need to uh, practice that presence because He promises that He will never leave us nor forsake us. I love this, uh, this, this scripture in, in Exodus and Exodus 33. It's a, one of my favorite chapters, in, particularly in. In Exodus, uh, and we just have—I want to just go and just have a look at a few points. So, God comes and He talks to Moses, and He says, "It's okay. I will send. Uh, you can still go into the Promised Land. Isn't that a good thing? Tick. We can still go in the Promised Land, even though we've sinned and we've we've." Uh, um, Worshipped at a golden calf, the Lord has still said, we can go into the promised land. But what did he say? He, he said, uh, I will send an angel before you, but I will not go. So God is saying, I'm not going to go with you, but I will send an angel. And many would have said, okay, well, that's okay. That we've got an angel. And what is the reason why he doesn't want to go with his people? It's quite a fearsome reason. It says, when the people, uh, he said, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey. So, but I will not go up among you, lest I consume you on the way, for you are a stiff-necked people. You, have, you are stubborn people. You've resisted God. And you're stiff-necked, so I can't go to you. Lest on the way, I swat you and wipe you out. This God that we serve is a... Is a, is a holy God. He doesn't want to have any sin in the camp. And so he's a bit worried about his own reaction to the people if he went with them, that he would, he would take them out. And so the people of God had this choice, and they had to face this choice. And the choice was, do I go into the presence, do I go into the promised land without the Lord, just with an angel? Do I get the milk and the honey and all the stuff? Because that's what he's promised them. Or do I realize that God is all I need? God is present with me. Jesus is all I need. 
and I seek His face beyond all the other stuff. And so later on in the story, Moses goes and he, and he chats with the Lord and he pleads with the Lord and he cries with the Lord for the people because he doesn't want God not to go with him. And you and I need the presence of God in our lives. You and I need to, we, we, we can't go into, the, into this world without his presence. And so Bob Catlin sent me something in, in the week uh, I think it's by Jonathan Kahn, does a daily reading. And uh, Jonathan Kahn was asking the question, uh, how would you define prayer? He was asking a question, and, and, and we understand prayer is talking to God, bringing Him our needs and requests, but that's actually a small part of prayer. In this uh, little reading that uh, he wrote, he said, that uh, the tabernacle or the tent of meeting, which we just read from uh, Exodus 33 from verses 7, the last few sections, the tabernacle and the tent of the meeting was the place of prayer. In the Hebrew... It's called the Mishkan. It's taken from the Hebrew root word Shakan. Shakan means to dwell. The Mishkan was the tent or the tabernacle that would allow God to dwell in the midst of His people. So prayer is linked to the presence of God. If I'm going to pray, I want to be in the presence of God. In this, in this Old Testament story. So this presence of God, this tent of meeting, this tabernacle, was where God and man would meet together. Where God and Moses would meet together. And that's where they would converse. But I want to go just back before we start praying, before we start talking to God, there's a thing of coming into His presence, of being aware of His presence. So it's, prayer is not just an action. It's not just me talking. It's a meeting. It's an encountering Jesus. It's an encountering the Lord. And so prayer is mishkan. Not sure how you pronounce that. Prayer is about dwelling. It's the dwelling of God and the man together. I don't know whether you've ever been to a, a restaurant and you, and you, particularly the young people, and you see an old geezers like Milane and I sitting across the, the way from you. You see some old people and, and you watch them. You go to a hotel and you, and you watch them. And for the whole meal, they don't say a word. And you wonder whether they've got a life or they, they're just with each other. <laughs> They just, they, just, they just enjoy being in each other's presence. It's just, they're just being. And that's what you and I are called to do. The first and foremost thing, when we come into this thing called prayer, which I'm challenging us all to raise our level of prayer, to pray without ceasing, it's really about being present in the presence of God. 
And those were the exact words that uh, Trevor Wood used, and that was, that was in this little reading that I did. And so I thought, wow, that's good. So to dwell, is more, to dwell is more than just saying words of a prayer or singing the words of a song and then being finished with it. It's much more than that. It's about presence. It's about, and I'm trying to practice this. Because this is not limited to a prayer meeting. This is not limited to uh, Sunday morning or, or my time where I, where I pray, where I take the word and I read the word and I pray the word. This is a 24-7 dwelling in God. So prayer is to dwell in the presence of God. And the word also means the remaining in the presence of God, the continuing, the abiding, the inhabiting. What is the heart of prayer? The heart of prayer is to abide in His abiding, to rest in His resting, to remain in His remaining, and to dwell in His dwelling. And ultimately, to inhabit His habitation. What happens when we praise? The, one of the things He inhabits our praises. There's, so, so worship and, and singing, and that's, it, it all helps this thing of us being aware of His presence in us. So to be aware to, to actually to increase our prayer life, to make it stronger, we have to go to deeper. We have to go into the, into the Mishkan. We have to go into the dwelling that I dwell with Him. So I dwell with Him wherever I'm going, and I'm practicing this. I'm, I'm trying to, even in queues, and you get, you get stuck in a queue, and you, and you wonder, and you, and you see, of course, I don't know why, when I choose a queue, all the other queues seem to go quicker. What, it's just like, kind of, what is, what is that? And I can kind of start getting irritated. But I'm having to actually realize that you and I, we, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit dwells in us. God is in us. So why do we get so worked up and churned up about things when they don't seem to go our way? Let's abide in this beautiful thing called the presence of God at work, at play, at home, wherever we are. The presence of God is with me. Whether I feel it or not, it's always there. The presence of God. And I, Trevor Wood just really emphasized the fact that when we carry the presence of God, wherever we go, we don't always have to do stuff. I think our natural default is, is we are human beings, not human doings. Our natural uh, inclination is to try and do something. I've got to do something. But sometimes we just call to be with God. Let's have a look at this. Just, uh, I'm not going to be long today. Let's look at this verse, these few verses. From verse 7 to 11. Now Moses used to take the tent and pitch it outside the camp, far off from the camp, and he called it the tent of meeting. And everyone who sought the Lord would go out to the tent of meeting, which was outside the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people would rise up and each would stand at the tent door and watch Moses until he had gone to the tent. When Moses entered the tent, the pillar of cloud would descend and stand at the entrance of the tent and the Lord would speak to Moses. 
And when the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, all the people would rise up and worship, each at his tent door. Thus the Lord used to speak with Moses face to face. As a man speaks to his friend, when Moses turned again into the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. The key to Joshua's life was presence. He, was, he didn't depart from the presence. He stayed in the tent. Why was he one of the only, he and Caleb, uh, when they went into the promised land, they saw the giants, but they saw that they knew God was with them and it would be easy for God. Why was that? Because he was in the presence. As I look at, at what's happening in the world and I start to panic and you watch uh, CNN and then you switch across to Sky and then you go to uh, Facebook and you just see what's happening in the world, you can start to panic. You, your heart can start to grow weary as you see what's happening around in the cr- crisis in the financial markets and all those kind of things. Oil price. And I, sometimes I look at the oil price and I, oh, I want to make sure where's the oil price and what's the Rand dollar doing? I mean, I have no impact on those things. But I need to be in the presence. Because when I go into the presence, then I can do what God has called me to do. When I'm aware of Him. So just picture the scene, the scene of Moses in the, in the desert. And they are... Uh, let's have a look and see what's ha- happening. Moses... Pitches his tent outside the, outside the camp. And when he went to the tent, what happened? What unfolded as he went to the tent? All the people would rise up. So here's their leader. Moses is on his way to the tent. And they would all rise up and each would stand at his tent. I don't know what, what they're doing at, at, the, at this stage. But they're standing at the tent and they're watching Moses. They're watching Moses going to the tent of meeting, going to the tabernacle, going to meet with his God face to face. And they stand up and they watch him. They stand at their tents and they watch him going up and And when he gets into the tent, what happens? The cloud comes. The glory cloud comes. The cloud of God's presence comes at the the front of the door. Isn't that a powerful picture? Isn't that all throughout the scriptures where you see the glory cloud, we see the cloud. They were led in the the desert by what? By the pillar of fire and the the cloud. The cloud in the day. What What a gracious God. In the heat of the desert, they had a cloud to walk under. They had a cloud to follow. They were kept cool. God is good. And so we have this cloud. That's why I live in Hillcrest, in Kloof and Gillets. Because have you, have you, do you know how hot it is down on the, on the coast? Do you know, we live in the, in the glory cloud. In the, in, the, in the cloud of God, in the presence, whenever I go, I tell, we, we, we meet where God, God lives, in the clouds, in the mist. And what, is, what was the reaction of the people when the cloud came? All the people would rise up 
and worship each in his tent door. Everybody's worshiping in his, in his tent. I don't know what that, what that worship looked like. It doesn't actually say. Were they just in silent awe? Were they singing or shouting? But they were worshiping. Whatever it was, they were worshiping. And that's what you and I are called to do. You and I are called to worship. We don't just have uh, between uh, 20 minutes and 40 minutes of worship on a Sunday because we've got the great band. or we, It's because we're worshiping the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Our first call or duty when we come here is to worship Him, is to give Him honor, is to minister to God. And that's what we're doing when we worship Him. We're saying, thank you, God, that you're a great God. And so they were worshiping. Because why? Because Moses was meeting with God, and they knew that. The Lord used to speak to Moses as a friend, face to face. You know, I think on the Apple phones, they have a thing called FaceTime. And uh, it's a video, 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 video uh, call. I mean, there's other, WhatsApp also have it. But I like the, the name FaceTime because you see the person face to face. And I have a daughter who lives in Germany. And we haven't been able to, we haven't nearly seen her for nearly for three years now. But we've probably seen her every other day at least, if, if not every day. Because we see her on FaceTime. And God wants to meet with you and I face to face. So just think about it. Think about it today. The Lord spoke to Moses face to face. This is in the Old Testament. But we know based on what Jesus did, on who Jesus is, he's God in the flesh, what he did, living the life we couldn't live, he died the death, we deserved on a cross. He rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven. He made a way for you and I to commune with Him, to dwell in Him, and to dwell with Him. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing that you and I can dwell and we are the temple of the Holy Spirit? And we can dwell with Him. Every single one here who's put faith in Jesus has the privilege of communing with God, has the, the privilege of, of relating to God face to face, of talking to God. We don't have to go to some tent or some building. I think it's always wonderful to gather together as the people of God because uh, we meant to do this together. So we, it's good to meet together. But we don't have to. We can commune with God wherever we are. Whether I'm hiking up the mountains or playing a tennis match, wherever it is, I can, God is with me. I can commune with Him. Because we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So we can experience this kind of communion day by day. You don't have to watch the guru going up the mountain. You don't have to, we, don't have, we live in a new dispensation. It's not like in those days where Moses 
went up the mountain. And the, in fact, the people didn't want to go because they didn't want to come into the presence of God. Because he was a fearsome God. He's an, he's, he, couldn't, he can't handle, he can't uh, let sin dwell in the midst of his presence. And that's why he didn't want to go with them. The privilege you and I have, the Old Testament saints would have longed for. They would have longed for. Sure. Lord Jesus, come more. Come more. (laughs) You and I have a privilege of enjoying the presence of God all day. John 15 verse 7 says, If you remain in me and my words remain in you, that is, from the Amplified Version, if we are vitally united and my message lives in your heart. So if we abide in him and we live in him and remain in him, then uh, whatever, and, and his message lives in our heart, what does it say? Ask whatever you wish and it will be given. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Isn't that a beautiful thing? And so, beloved, what I'm encouraging us to do, I'm encouraging you, as you and I'm working on this. I haven't got there all the time. I don't always, uh, I'm not always, I get grumpy about issues. And, and, and the, the most difficult place for it to do, to live, is at home. Just ask my wife. Because it's quite easy to be, because you kind of sometimes let your guard down, you let you, and you, you just, you take those closest to you for granted. So I've, I've done quite well out there in the last week or two as I've been practicing this and doing this and trying to live in it. But I know there's room for improvement at home. Don't say amen. But if I'm living in the presence, if you're living in the presence, then life is going to be different. And so I want us to sing a song. I can ask the worship team. To come up. And I just want us to, to close in this thing. And it's about your presence is heaven to me. And we have the presence. What is, where is the presence of God? Wherever the presence of God, that is heaven. Jesus is there, isn't it? It's, it's Jesus is, is, is heaven. So, so we can experience a little bit of heaven on earth right now. So, Lord Jesus... I just thank you for this word. I thank you for your presence in each of us today. I thank you, Lord, you have promised you never leave us. You will never forsake us. You will always be with us. And I'm asking us, Lord, that that you would show us that, that. That you would reveal that to our hearts, that it won't just be a head thing. That wherever we go, we would be aware of your presence and we would make a difference because our attitude changes how we see people changes will change and so I thank you I, just, I thank you today for each person here I thank you Lord for the presence of God and I pray for a, an increase an increase in the awareness of that presence an awareness of that presence that when we 
go to our word we will just open it and we'll just see Jesus Jesus will be there and when we go to the shops we will Jesus will have gone ahead of us and before us and he's in us and he's with us so we thank you we thank you for the temple that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that people can when they see you when they when they see me they're going to see Jesus they're going to see Jesus and they're going to ask why do you have a hope and we have a hope for only one reason only one reason and it's what we've been singing about today it's because of Jesus Jesus is our hope may you know that today let us sing